Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Good morning, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative. We'd like to welcome you to the show this morning, and we have Mr. Daniel Wicken on, on our as our guest this morning. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning. Did I pronounce your name right? Uh, Wicken Ann. Wicken Ann. Okay, thank you. And I want to start. Daniel's with, perfect. <laughs> okay. I want to start off by asking you a question I normally ask at the end of the show, and that is, do you like what you do? I love what I do. Um, I believe that uh, I've had impact, positive impact on lives and, and the community here. So I, I, I think I've been uh, throughout my career in uh, in this industry, and it's uh, it's it's uh, very rewarding for me. Okay, now what do you do? And I know you're the CEO of Orion Credit Union, so I'm not asking you what your title is, but what do you do every day? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, There's a lot of different things. You know, typically it's taking meetings with uh, other uh, community partners, looking at the strategic uh, direction of the organization and trying to move it into uh, what will be make us continue to grow and be successful and have positive impact on our community. Positive impact on your community. Correct. Okay. So that's concern for the community is the seventh principle of co-ops. And so that's, you've said that a couple of times already. <laughs> Less than a minute. So that's what you do and that's what, what causes you to love what you do. It's our culture. I mean, uh, we're, you know, we, our mantra here is uh, a better Memphis means a better Orion. And that, you know, we're here to try to improve because we're, we're a community uh, like D.C. that has a lot of opportunities and it's organizations like ours, I think, that can have the biggest impact uh, because we aren't the, the FedEx or the AutoZones. We're, you know, we're a good size and we can we can sort of uh, find those organizations that are doing good work in the community and try to support them where they get lost uh, with, uh, say, the St. Jude's and some of the other nonprofits in the community that sort of overshadow a lot of the good work being done by some of the organizations in, in every community. Okay. So speaking of size, you said a fairly size. How large is Orion, which is a federal credit union? Yes. Uh, we're we're just about a billion dollars. Uh, when I got here, we, we were... About four and a half, four hundred and fifty million dollars, I think, and uh, a lot a troubled institution. It was a turnaround situation. Uh, they had lost about twenty five million dollars in the two years prior to me arriving, and probably another uh, between ten and twenty in legacy assets that we have uh, lost. Uh, over my tenure here, but we've we've survived. We've we've thrived and done well. What's a legacy asset? 
That'd be something that, uh, say, a loan the previous management made or an investment or something of that nature that we ended up having to write off. Okay. Oh, legacy in the past. Okay, got it. Yes. Okay. So you have a big impact on your community. You've grown the business since you've been there from $450 million to a billion dollars. So you've a little bit more than doubled the size of the asset base, even having some losses. How many members do you have? We're just above 80,000. I believe we were around 50,000 when I, when I arrived. So three fifths, if you were 50,000, you're not at 80, that's three fifths. So you've, it's grown 60% in members and a hundred percent in assets. Okay. Correct. Okay. Fantastic. And when and, you and probably about four times in loans, <laughs> which is our lifeblood. Four times in loans. Correct. Okay. It's always been interesting to me that credit unions and banks, mortgage companies, and business to make loans. But it always occurred to me, being an African-American male, that they didn't want to make – it was hard to get a loan. You almost had to beg. As a matter of fact, I saw my dad almost begging a man for a loan one time, and that was – I said I never wanted to be that in that place. But why is it so hard to get a loan for some people? You know, it really depends on the individual situation. I can't speak why somebody will or will not make a loan. I mean, if you aren't making loans to African-Americans in our community, you're not making loans. We're, I believe, above 60% African-American in Memphis. And But the the issue is really what it comes down to is, uh, you know, the ability to repay. And, and now with, uh, you know, even on the mortgages, I, I testified, and I forget, it may have been about five years ago in Congress about the QM rules and some of these rules that happen after uh, uh, the uh, Great Recession where they change things, trying to fix things. But it makes it, in a lot of cases, regulatory issues make it harder to to make exceptions for, for individuals because of the fact that uh, those that, you know, want to protect you don't necessarily know the day-to-day and and how to make exceptions and sort of try to put everybody in the same type of box, which is not always the best case for mm-hmm. individuals that may need help or an opportunity. So you guys have four times as many loans as your predecessor. What what causes you all to make so many loans? What What is in your rules or regulations or your view that would cause you to make so many loans? I think we're willing to take a little more risk uh, on individuals, but also... I believe that, you know, we price things, you know, when it comes down to it, um, you know, there's a margin I have to make at the end of the day to make sure that it sustains uh, uh, our growth. But in the end, I'm trying to, you know, put as much money or keep as much money in in, uh, my membership's pocket as, as possible. Because uh, whether Orion makes uh, ten million one year or twenty million the next, uh, I don't have stock options. My my salary isn't going to go up, or you know, I'm not going to uh, get rich mm-hmm. from that aspect. Okay. Yeah, so- there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with that business model either. It's just not what I was hired to do. Yeah, that's not the. That doesn't seem to be the co-op way, the credit union way of giving a lot of money to some individual. Uh, 
Okay. So yeah. you're willing to take risk and you price things that will help keep uh, money in your members' pockets. And you've said that 60% of your, the population in Memphis is African American. Okay. Correct. And at the same time, you've got to make enough margin so you can stay in business. So when you price things, it's got to like be that margin is, is that margin. The difference between what you have to pay for money when you say, put your money in here and we'll give you 1%, 2%, some percent for savings or CDs. And then you have to then loan it out for more than that so that you can have enough money to sustain yourself and pay your expenses. Now, here's something that'll kind of blow your mind, Vernon. We're, we pay 4% on our checking account, wait up minute, to $30,000. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I, you say I can put money in your credit union and get 4%? <laughs> 4% in the checking account, up to $30,000. Even though the Fed has dropped rates, I believe, three times this year, we haven't touched that rate, and we're continuing. Now, we've sacrificed earnings on that, but that's that's kind of what we're doing. We're, we're okay with that. Now, how do we manage that? Yeah. Well, there's there's a there's a lot of different products that we have on on the, on the savings side as well as on on the loan side. And what we do is manage those products in order that the overall yield or the margins is working for us. And right now it is. So our competitors don't necessarily like that us advertising that right. And but uh, it. It has been well received, is all I'm going to say. I know well, I love my four percent checking account. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I literally do want to join at four percent on a checking account. I, I, I'd want to put in now. Yes, can, okay. Can can I join? Literally, I'm serious. Can you join? Yeah. I'd, I'd have to look at. Well, yeah, I, I think there is a possibly a way that you can join. We have a, a way that you can join by volunteering, and you know, volunteering technically for us, we had this uh, meaning raise some money for one of the local charities, which for our one of our favorites is uh, Ronald McDonald House because they take care of all the families that get treated over at St. Jude. So raise a little bit of money for them, you qualify. Okay. 4%, you guys. <laughs> Ryan, credit union on your checking account up to 30 Oh, yeah. And you, like I said, you, you, you know, we have a great mobile app. We have everything, so... That's interesting because I am a member of NIH Federal Credit Union. I've been a member, oh, since the maybe 94. I taught at George Washington at GW in 94, and you could become a member of NIH if you were an employee there. Okay. So, and, and there's no, there, I don't think I get any interest on a credit on my checking account. <laughs> Well, we got some competitors uh, on the credit union side that really aren't real happy with uh, with the four percent either. Uh, but you know, as matter of fact, I had a uh, chairman of a board of another credit union in a, another community we're in. I'm not going to mention who, okay. but he came up to me and uh, he said, "You know, why you're all paying four percent on checking?" I said, "Well, isn't the point of giving it back?" <laughs> okay. You know. Okay. Okay. So. I, w I would wonder what Navy Federal, Navy Federal Credit Union has a slow, uh, their motto is, our members is our mission. And I got that from their, their military and you always talk about what's your mission. Yeah. So their members is their mission. I would be interested to see what, would they have a mission of paying 4% on their 
checking account or you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways that people give it back you know this is just one of the ways that we do it we do it this way and for those you know we give it back in the community we give it back with uh you know trying to but we have to manage ourselves sufficiently um you know navy's a fine institution it used to be on the board with the uh ex ceo uh great guy cutler dawson i met the new ceo she's she's very good and a well-run institution are uh as far as uh what others are doing if uh, you know in this industry whether you're a bank or a credit union or you know mortgage anything if you're not growing you're you're in trouble and uh especially you know in these kind of uh falling rate kind of environments it just puts that much more uh pressure on your margins so if you aren't able to capitalize in these markets and these fluctuating uh, interest rate environments, then you're uh, you're merger bait or you're just basically uh, dying on the vine. We, we're going we're gonna to stop there, merger bait or dying on the vine. <laughs> I'm going to come back after our break and talk to you more about the kind of products that you have. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. Information is power, and that's why the National Cooperative Bank is sponsoring this program for six years now. We've just celebrated our sixth anniversary in October, which is Co-op Month, and we started six years ago for only one month, and we've been doing this for six years and loving every minute of it. And we have Daniel Wickenand on the show today, and he's the CEO of Orion Federal Credit Union in Memphis, Tennessee. And the, the under his direction, the credit union has moved from 49,000 to about 80,000 members, about $450 million in assets to almost a billion now. And it was a troubled when he got there and he's turned it around. So it's increased 60% in membership, 100% in assets and 400% in loans. And we left it with you to saying, Daniel, that if you don't grow your merger bait or dying on the vine, and I was sitting here thinking about that, that's 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 a picture. I got that picture. So what are the kinds of things that you're doing, the products that you have out there that causes you to grow? What what are you doing out there? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, I have basically the same products that you will find all your competitors will, will have, but you have to differentiate yourself in some way and and the differentiation you could say okay well uh, as we talked about previously the four percent checking well that's just one of our differentiators i think our involvement in the community we put close to a, a million dollars out in the community a year each and every year supporting uh, as i said the the, the nonprofits that get overshadowed by uh, by the larger things, such as we're the home of St. Jude, and you know that really, it's an amazing, amazing uh, institution that does incredible work. But they take so much money out of the community. It's easy to give to uh, sick children, but there's you know there's homeless, there's uh, hunger, there's educational needs, there's uh, there's just all kinds of uh, you know situations that are impacting not only Memphis but all communities that that uh, that need attention that uh, that it needs organizations within that community to uh, sort of step up and try to you know help out and that's what we do okay now the products that's interesting that you went there of helping the community putting out uh, from your 
I guess from your growth, from your surplus, from your profit, a million dollars in the community a year at different nonprofits. But I was really thinking about um, loans to make uh, buy a computer or buy shares in a in a limited equity co-op housing or loans to buy a car or how do you do those yeah, we, kinds of things? We definitely have auto loans. We have a second chance type of checking accounts. We have, um, you know, we even have commercial loans that uh, we've, we've uh, have individuals that say borrow money to uh, get a tow truck to start a business to anything from, you know, borrowing, you know, millions of dollars to purchase a, an apartment complex uh, to, you know, and or a group of homes to to try to develop some rental income. So we you, we've diversified significantly on our uh, lending products in order to uh, to make sure that, you know, again, uh, as I always say in the executive meetings, we need to pivot each year uh, because your strength will become your weakness if that market dries up. So we need to attack our weaknesses, and we always attack our weaknesses, whatever those may be. And I think, you know, we have grown. I've had a lot of folks say due to the fact of uh, everything we do, plus we're com- competitive in our in our product offerings. But I think uh, – the differentiation is is our commitment to the community. It's not been just a one thing. We have been doing this since I've been here, even when we were struggling. Initially, we were out there in the community supporting things, whether it was, uh, you know, uh, the adopt the schools or, or some of the other things that we do in the community. There's just we support things that bring our community together, uh, you know, uh, regardless of race, religion, everything. We want to support those things that sort of highlight what it, how great it is to be part of Memphis. And that has been well received. And I've had a lot of individuals come up to me and say, look, you know, you, what y'all do is incredible. And because of that, I'm moving everything over to you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's opportunity there if people, you know, really sort of stand up. Um, you know, it's funny because we have a, we have a, I guess they're now going to be about $80 billion uh, financial institution. One of their Top lawyers came up to me at a at a event, and I said, "Well, you, y'all sure do a lot in the community." He goes, I, "I know it's just marketing." I said, "Well, actually, you know, we we actually believe in a better Memphis." And uh, he sort of looked at me. He goes, "No, no, we do too. We do too." I said, "Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. Maybe not as much as we do, but I know you do." <laughs> we believe it. We don't talk it. We walk that talk. Okay, exactly. You know, and, and people get that. I mean, Memphis is a city with soul. I travel all around the country, and I hear a lot of people talk about Nashville and Austin, and they're great places. You know, they're they're wonderful places, but there's just something different about Memphis. It's it truly is kind of you know, it's in the water, the, the people, the soul, the music, uh, the barbecue. It's just, it, and people are you know just real, which is kind of refreshing. People are real. Sounds like you're one of those people. Well, I don't know about that. I'm just on a radio interview trying to sound good. <laughs> well, it comes across that you're real, that we really believe for in a better Memphis. And I got that. It came across real clear on the radio. Um, Have you been to Memphis? 
I have, um, but it, I was trying to remember, I think. Now, do you have a African-American museum there in Memphis? Am I got the right yeah, side? we have the Civil Rights. The civil uh, rights right, right next to the Lorraine Motel where, uh, where uh, Dr. King was shot. Okay. No, that's not the one. I'm, so I was in another city. I was, I was with the National Association of Housing Co-ops, and we were... But I would have remembered that. So it wasn't that particular one that I went to. So I don't. I think I've driven through Memphis, but I don't. Nah. I want to come down. I, I even looked okay. at it before the show, and it's thirteen hour drive from DC, about thirteen and a half hour drive from DC. Well, they got a direct flight to, from DC, actually. But the um, matter of fact, the African American Museum in DC, I think they've they borrowed or were gifted a lot of things from this museum for that one in that section of the civil rights mm-hmm. is what I understand. So it's, it's an incredible place. There's a, you know, uh, like I said, it, it, it's something that I think, uh, uh, people sort of like, wow, you know, when they get here. So I know it's known for his barbecue sauce and his music. Yes, definitely. As uh, a matter of fact, I'm, I'm fortunate to, to call, uh, uh, a lot of these these folks around here who are musicians, uh, such as David Porter, a, a friend, and uh, you know when you when you're talking to a guy who's written you know all the stacks hits to getting jiggy with it, you know, and you're like, wow, I'm sitting here talking to David Porter. <laughs> you're kind of like, how did I get here? <laughs> all right, so we're gonna figure out when I'm coming down there, and maybe we can do a show live with him or with some other people in Memphis that to really get that soul and how the the credit union, which is a cooperative, really helps to support the soul of Memphis. Yeah, that's that's what I like to do. Absolutely. Mm. You have my number now. <laughs> okay. Will do. Okay, so I noticed that you guys got a recognition. Uh, you did. Uh, you recognized you inside Memphis Business CEO of the Year. What was that about? Yeah, I, I I always sit there and say that it must have been a thin year of candidates or something like that. I don't understand that. Okay. Uh, but I was honored to receive it. I mean, I really was. It was surprising. I mean, it really was. Uh, but, again, I, I, I think it's uh, – I would not take the credit because I, I work around some amazing people and have, including my board um, and the organization itself. I think it's more of a recognition of – of the entire team as opposed to just me. Everybody that I have met in the co-op movement says that, and that, and that's really honors the co-op that we are here together. We are working together as a team and, and we're, we're working together with the principles and the values. The, I like the ethical values of honesty, openness, social responsibility, which is what you've talked about from, from first minute to caring for one another. And that's the particular values of a co-op, caring for one another, this whole soul of how you, and you have a, a really great way of platform of doing that in Memphis and the credit union, provi- providing financial services and being an African-American growing up in America, um, it was, it's hard to get loans. Oh, absolutely. I, I guarantee there's a lot of challenges. Um, and we're very cognizant of that, uh, uh, of what we can do to try to, you know, help uh, individuals that sort of 
are limited, you know, uh, on these financial services. And there's there's a significant amount of unbanked in our country. Uh, and we try to put these products out there and an and, and ability to try to, uh, to assist uh, because in this city, and I'm sure like a lot of cities, uh, and, and one of the one of the pastors for one of the largest Baptist church here, where I was talking to him, and he was telling me how the liquor stores, which will cash their paycheck, will cash their paycheck for some ridiculous fee, and yet before they will cash their check, they have to buy a bottle of something, which is you know you're you're kind of hitting them twice on this. It's it's just uh, it's it's disgusting. But how do you address that? How do you how do you change uh, that type of behavior or, we you know, there's back. a... We got, I'm sorry, Daniel, cut you off, but we can take our second break and we'll come back and we'll come back on that issue. We'll be right back. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative. The National Cooperative Bank sponsors this program and have been doing so for six years. NCB's mission is to support and be an advocate for America's cooperatives and their members, especially in low-income communities, by providing innovative financial and related services. So Daniel is our guest today from Memphis, Tennessee, the Orion Credit Union. And you were talking about one of the largest uh, Baptist church. You were talking to the pastor there. And I was I was going to ask you is what was your connection with the faith based community and sort of building and understanding what the community needs and building your the, the business of Orion. And that the pastor was saying that the liquor stores would cash the checks and charge a huge fee and had a policy. They had to buy a bottle before they could get your check cash. And there was a double whammy and they're buying something they don't necessarily would cause them to enhance their, their family and their life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, you, you hear stories like this and, and it's just sad. Like it, like for us, we were, um, I was driving around in the medical center, which was a, you know, this area where our new headquarters is, but over probably less than a mile away was when we first made our first movement into this area, which was extremely blighted, uh, you know, a couple liquor stores, but also in this area is Le Bonner. And across the street was a gas station that was for sale, an old gas station. And then, and we bought it. And now the gas station, uh, they left all the toxic dirt there. So we had to spend another 300000 to basically get all that toxic dirt out. But what are you going to do? I mean, you're right across from Le Bonner, which is taking care of the St. Jude. They're <laughs> not going to leave a toxic site. Uh, we could have walked away and said, okay, we're not going to do this. But my board's like, no, move forward with it. So we built this beautiful branch, but this is in one of the, at the time was one of the rougher areas in Memphis, known for drugs and these sort of things. And uh, a couple of these types of liquor stores right across the street. So we wanted to put a, a small location there, a beautiful location, um, in hopes of trying to and offer the products, like we said, sort of second check, checking and these sort of things that had, uh, you know, an opportunity to give somebody, you know, 
here, get yourself back on track or, you know, because life happens. It doesn't matter who you are or what, what statue you are in life. Life happens and sometimes things just don't go your way. But people should be able to have a, you know, a hand to try to help them get back on their feet. And that's kind of what we did with that branch. Well, it won a bunch of awards and everything else. And then, you know, which kind of led to uh, today, we were asked uh, by a group to come look at a a very blighted area to build our headquarters. And uh, we did that. And now this one's probably going to win a bunch of awards and everything else too. So, so we're excited about it. I mean, you know, you can, you can put it out there, but uh, like the the old adage says, you just, hopefully it just takes time and nothing happens overnight. Uh, You know, it didn't, these problems didn't happen overnight. So you're not going to solve them overnight. It's just going to take time. It's going to take, you know, uh, we do a lot of financial literacy in the community. Whether it, and I believe that should be starting at a young age. You know, when these kids are in elementary, they should be understanding the impact of their credit and how to handle their money. And that, uh, you know, although driving a Mercedes is nice, but, you know, a Ford is not bad either if that's what you, you should be driving based on your financial position. So uh, it's it's just uh, it's just it's a it's a process. The whole thing is a process. It really is. And um, I majored in marketing and I taught marketing at Howard for five years and uh, GW for one. And my boss at Howard had a Ph.D. in marketing. He said a marketer's job is to reach into somebody's pocket or sell them something that they need or don't need. And reach in their pocket and take their money. So it's all money driven, the whole marketing process and trying to either also teach that to students that that's what a marketer's job is. And what you want to do is is to hold on to your money, like warehouse your money, put it into your into Orion Federal Credit Union, as opposed to putting it into a Mercedes and letting Mercedes warehouse the money. And you have to try to find somewhere the warehouse, the Mercedes, or the clothes, or the shoes, or whatever you have. So that was kind of really interesting to me. Is that actually there is what I was told? Anyway, yeah, there is. Yeah, I mean, even for for us, there's like I've had meetings where people go, "Well, we should do this." This is no, we don't. We don't sell products that people do not need. You know, even if we can do it, there there should be some sort of ethical thing in there. Just because you can sell it doesn't necessarily mean it's right for them, you know, because uh, I've had a lot of these sales guys come talk to me because I'm very sensitive to the community I'm, I live in. You know, and there's there's people that are struggling every day. And a lot of our membership is that group, because in Memphis, you have some very wealthy people in this town. I mean, uh, you know, you got Fred Smith started FedEx. You've got uh, Pit Hyde started AutoZone. I mean, there's some there's some extremely wealth in this town, but there's a lot more lower middle class and poor, and that's kind of where we serve most of our folks. I mean, if if those richer individuals want to come do business, that's fantastic. But we're not necessarily. That's why we limited the amount of money you can put in the four percent checking, because you know. Uh, most of the people that do business with us do not have $30,000 to put in a checking account. Well, the, the, given the people you're talking about, most don't have $400 because that was, what yeah. was that, 57 or 67% of Americans, if they had a emergency with, that cost $400, they would not have that $400 to fix that emergency. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but we do things to try to help them, you know, to get there. Like when we, uh, when I first came in, we, you know, it was right at the end of the crisis, right at the height of it, I guess you could say. So 2008, and we 2009, had a, when yeah, you yeah, like 10. And, okay. and these, we had a lot of real estate like everybody else. And I, there was two situations I remember, like I was getting calls from all over the world asking to buy our real estate at like 10 cents on the dollar. And a lot of institutions just said, yeah, I want this off my book so I can just look forward. And I remember talking to the board saying, look, these are our communities. If you, if we just let these things become rentals from somebody out of, you know, uh, China. I think the farthest one I got from uh, uh, Australia. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm like, they don't have any care. I said, we're destroying neighborhoods instead of building them up. So we created this program. We called it uh, uh, the uh, Home Run Program. And what it was is that if you have, you know, had problems in the past with your credit, you're, you know, had losses, as long as you didn't cause us a loss, because I can't, I can't work with you. Our regulators would not kind of frown upon that. But if you haven't caused us a loss in the past and you've, you've continued to work throughout all this crisis and had the same job, we would give one of these houses to you. Basically, we would rent it to you for a year, but the rent would be, okay, assuming you had principal interest insurance and taxes on it, like you're buying it. And after a year of paying that, we would take all those payments, use it as your down payment, and sell it to you at 70% of the uh, registered tax value. So the credit union, my job, made more money. You walked into a home with equity, and we provided the loan. Now, you couldn't get it. We wouldn't give you an equity loan out of it. But, you know, and, and so we had this. But I knew this program would only last until the real estate market came back, and it came back, you know, but we change lives with that sort of thing. And I think that, uh, you know, that it's easy to sit there and sort of take the easy way out or not try to help people to get where they're going or, you know, look for creative ways to say, yeah, we might be able to do this or I can just get rid of all this as opposed to creating something like this. So these are the types of things that uh, with the support of my board that we have been able to do that I think is uh Develop the goodwill in our community that has helped us grow. So, could anybody that was living in one of those units do that, or they'd have to? These these houses were empty. Okay. I mean, I had a I had a, one of my collection people came to me with a house for a repossession uh, or for foreclosure, and they put it on my desk. So I'm looking at the file, and I look at it, and I said, "You're kidding me, right?" And they said. And this is like within a week of me getting here. And uh, and I said, no. And I said, this person owes $2,000? And they go, yeah. And I said, we're foreclosing on a $2,000 loan on a home? And they said, yeah. And I closed the file. I said, send them the title. Uh, one, we didn't need the property. We had plenty of foreclosed properties. Two, the property uh, is just, it, the guy had been paying on it for uh, God knows how many years. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, you know, this is ridiculous. It's just, you know, we don't do things that way, even though it would have been in our legal right to do something like that. It wasn't the right thing to do. Uh, Dan, I just talking to you this far, I, I, um, I just want to, 
rebuke one thing that you said from just talking to you and what I've gotten from you. You deserve that award. And people helped you. I got that part. I really get that part. But you, it's refreshing talking to you. Living through the 2007 and 8, and uh, with the National Association of Housing Co-ops, we were trying to see if we could get some of those units and make them into scattered sites. And the people that were there, let them still stay there. We were. This was 7 and 8. We were trying to do this when it first happened, before they got moved out. So we were trying to come up with something uh, innovative way of helping people. It didn't work. Uh, we needed $250,000 just to see the list. Uh, we had to put down that. And so you found a way of doing it. And I just want to take my hat off to you and say, thank you, bro. That's wonderful well, kind of thing that you're doing, you and your people. We, we tried to share it out there because I know we weren't the only institution with this kind of inventory of real estate. And I was like, there was a lot of folks out there taking advantage of buying these houses for pennies on the dollar that they have more than made their money back. But the problem is, you know, they they destroyed neighborhoods that didn't need to be destroyed. And, you know, I'm like, you should build up neighborhoods. <laughs> don't, don't, you know, it's it, don't make them rentals. That's what apartments are for. These are homes, you know, give people the opportunity to own a home, develop equity, you develop some wealth, you know change the direction of their lives. Well, you're you're talking the mission. You're talking it and you're doing it. So that's, that is really refreshing and wonderful to hear you and what you guys have done. And I get that. Tell me about the Wonder Bread site. What was that about? Well, it was it was interesting. We um, we were the headquarters when I first arrived was way, way outside of town. And I'm like, everything we do is in Memphis. We need to move downtown. So we finally found somebody after several years to come by our, the existing building. And so we were looking downtown and uh, a group by the name of Worthington Hyde and another gentleman by the name of Gary Postman heard we were looking. And there's this building that we're in now is over just about 100 years old. And it looked truly, if you look at the Google you know, Wonder Bread building Memphis, it, it it looks like a prison. I mean, it's just no windows. There was nothing. Um, it was a city block long, but we didn't buy the city block building. We just bought a certain section of it. And walking through it, and you're walking through a, you know, I mean, there's this thing, the imagination it took to sort of see what, what it is today. People look at me and just, just kind of shake their head and laugh going, how did you, you know, and I'm like, I... You know, you just got to have faith sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, there's the Wonder Bread sign itself. We kept it. You know, my, one of my board members is a little upset saying, well, there's really no Orion on this. I said, everybody looks at that sign and they know it's Orion. You know, we restored it. We It's lit every night. It's, uh, it's, it's just one of those iconic kind of things. And I'm like, we are in an iconic building. Matter of fact, parts of the building that were destroyed... We took all that brick, reclaimed it, and put it on the outside of the building because it was just a solid kind of cement-looking thing. Well, we're going to take and, that solid it, piece. I'm sorry to cut you off again, but we got to take our final break. I'm, I'm really okay. enjoying this conversation. We'll get back to this brick and what you're doing on the outside. And I just, it is wonderful talking to you, Daniel. It's great. Well, I enjoy it. Thank you. Okay. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Daniel is our guest. Rickanon, uh, he was the CEO of Orion Federal Credit Union in Memphis, Tennessee. And so far in our conversation, I've gotten that Orion is in every aspect of life in Memphis, uh, no matter if it's the barbecue and the barbecue sauce or the music or working with everyday people, they're part of it. And then we were just talking about the development aspect of coming back into the city and developing the Wonder Bread site. The, yeah, the area itself is called the Edge. It's in between uh, the downtown, the core of the downtown, and the medical center. And it has been blighted since the 70s. I mean, it was really, matter of fact, the Wonder Bread factory itself uh, had been closed, I think, for almost eight, nine years. So there was really nothing happening here. So when we were approached this, it was because it was, it's a major thoroughfare to go downtown, and you always saw this you know, basically deserted area. It just looked really bad. And so we were approached and I'm like, yeah, address some blight. That's something I think that that's right up our alley. We'd, we'd love to take the challenge and we did. And because of that, now we've had several other companies move into the area and there's there's more in line to to purchase and 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 build and do things in this area, so it's no longer blighted. And matter of fact, just cat a corner because of uh, what we initiated, and really it wasn't our idea. We were just presented an idea and executed on it. But uh, now there's a billion dollar project going in, uh, just uh, like a seven iron away, and it's uh, and they told me if y'all didn't do what you did, this wouldn't have happened. That's right. You're just you. Yeah. So you've been doing a lot there. And I want to talk now from Wonder Bread to Orion Gives Back program. That's okay. very exciting. What is that about? You know, we, as I mentioned earlier, we, we just we just believe that there's a lot in the city that, you know, we try to highlight the things that sort of bring people together that make people. I mean, we've uh, we support the bar- the barbecue festival in uh, Memphis in May uh, to uh, the Shell, which is uh, the first stage for all this performed here in Memphis. Uh, to uh, which has free con- uh, fifty two free concerts a year, 52? and we support that fifty two. One a, and you're one talking, a week. It, it, No, like four a week. <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, I get that, yeah. but I'm saying yeah. So they have, they have one in the spring, and then they have yeah, they have okay. one in the yeah, they have one in the fall, okay. and so they they uh, two sessions. But I mean, they'll have uh, you know uh, Aaron Neville. I've seen him play there. I've seen no, you know. Good. So these are these are these are big. These are not just like okay, uh, you know, a high school man showing up. I mean, it, these are really things that people want to come see. So it really does bring Memphis together, which I think, uh, you know, there's a, again, in a city like this, uh, there's a lot of, well, I can't afford that. So we tend to do the things that sort of allow people to come and support it. I mean, uh, whether it's crawfish festival to, you know, chicken wing, like in April, there's certain weekends that I think I've got to be at like seven or eight events that we're sponsoring. It's like ridiculous. Ridiculously fun. Crossfit Festival and Aaron Neville's from New Orleans. It's uh, like this Memphis, New Orleans has a real uh, togetherness. They have a similar 
soul, yeah. if you will, a similar vibe. Uh, f- food and music and people, yeah. And you get to definitely, that. yeah, definitely. You get the yeah, right on the Mississippi, also. Yeah. So, what's new? What do you guys got cooking? You know, it's interesting. This time of year, we're uh, you know we're sort of putting the plans together, the evil plans for uh, for next year. Try to see what we can do to sustain what we do. Um, our deal is, you know, that you don't want. Because I always tell people, you know, and, and the executive team and the board, remember, success builds contempt. Uh, meaning, you know, we may be real happy with what we're doing, but trust me, in the community and our competitors, there are certain people that are really not happy with what we're doing, even though what we're doing is real positive for the community, which is kind of interesting. It's like, if you want, it's not like what we have is some secret sauce. What we do is completely out in the open, and I don't see us changing significantly what we're doing. We may try to figure out some new lending product or some new type of deposit product, but overall, I think that we this is kind of you know building on our community involvement and everything that we're doing. Uh, our our uh, philosophy being, you know, a better Memphis means a better Orion. We truly believe that. Um, our vision is to be the leading source of financial independence in the communities we serve. I, I think that says it all. And I, I think that we are, can continue along that road and, and uh, you know, hopefully just continue to have the success that we've uh, experienced over the last uh, nine years. Financial independence in the communities we serve. What's so interesting about that is that's so different from some people. Um, Some people believe if I can keep people where they're dependent on me or dependent on this product or dependent on this job, then I have control over them. Well, that sort of one real extreme version of that was slavery, total dependence on them. But if you get people financial independence then it's a whole new world. and But everybody doesn't believe in that world. I'm glad you do. And you're... We, we, we definitely do. You know, it's, it's a matter of, you know, the better people around you are doing, the better you're going to do. It's not a, it's not a zero-sum game here. It's like, you know, just because you're winning doesn't mean I'm losing. And, you know, if you have that kind of, attitude about life well you know i feel bad for you because I, you know we celebrate people's successes you know whether it's uh abc credit union down the road or abc bank if you're doing something fantastic matter of fact there was a credit union out of uh, one of the communities we serve and the ceo was at an event and i had one of the employees at this uh, training event and he didn't realize it was one of our employees and they were talking about how they were talking about us because they were threatened by the the 4% checking and, uh, you know, not real happy about it, as I said, uh, part of that contempt. And he was saying how they, they got the 5K from us. They, they, they went ahead and supported the 5K, you know, and I'm sitting there and she's telling me the story and I kind of laughed. I go, do you mean that they wouldn't have supported it otherwise. So it's it's like you're based out of that community. We we just have a satellite branch there, and we're going in trying to find ways that we're supporting there. And I'm like, 
if if that's what it takes for us to come in to where you actually get involved in your community, then we're not losing, we're winning. Yeah, it's just, it's a refreshing view, um, and I'm I'm glad you have it. Uh, I want to get down again and visit you. I got I keep as I as I as I talk to more and more people in the co-op world, I keep wanting to go more and more places. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but I really would like to get out of Memphis because I like the food and I like the music. Uh, I think I would like the people. And I think uh, you you were a stranger uh, an hour ago. <laughs> but well, I tell you what, if you if you get down, look at it during the basketball season. I, I actually have some pretty phenomenal seats. You, you you have an invite to come to the game with me. I have uh, floor seats right next to the visitor bench. So. Okay. If we get the bullets there, maybe, uh, maybe. Um, or it's the wizard that's wizards right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're aging. Yeah. You're showing your age. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we only have a couple more minutes left, and I, I was trying okay. to get toward the future. Uh, are you working with other co-ops and sort of uh, in any of the co-op groups? To, uh, I don't know what the, the national, the federation of co-ops, or. Any of those groups? Are you? Do you all work with those groups? You know, we work. If if somebody's bringing us an idea, I'm trying to think of a situation where you're referencing this. Uh, we've we work with other groups in trying to address, uh, say, you know, the unbanked, and mm-hmm. trying to sort of put your heads together. What what can we do? Uh, you know, and. And those sort of things, but you know, specifically with like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's not necessarily anything that's specific, but we are very open to it. Okay. And I mean, uh, it's like, I'd love to find a way that we could have a uh, even more of a, a different impact, because I, I believe the more people you talk to and the different ideas that come together help right. spur creativity within ourselves. Absolutely. So, and by the way. Before you let me go, I wanted to say congratulations to the to the Nationals. Uh, as a guy who grew up from Houston, I, I wasn't necessarily happy about the ending, but I'm I'm happy for y'all. We are too. <laughs> Thank, <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What, what would you like to leave people with? What words? Uh, you know, look, I, I just think uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's important to love where you live. You know. And the thing is, like, everybody has challenges. Oh, I hate this. I hate that. You know, it's it's, it's just human nature to sort of look at that glass half empty. And I find myself doing that. Because I'm just human, like everybody else at times. You got to shake that off and look at what is the positive things about about your community that you can have an impact on, or you want to change. Like, you know, as Gandhi said, "Be the change." Be the change. I also say form a co-op, get a group of people together, find out whatever problem is in your community that you want solved, find a co-op and solve it, or create one or find one. Thank you, sir. That's the end of the time. All right, thank you. Nice talking to you. My pleasure. Everybody out there, please live a cooperative week.